Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Guys, I'm so excited for today. Today we have on the show Amira Rahim, who is Amira the Abstract. I don't know if you guys know who I'm talking about, but if your eyeballs want some glorious material to look at on Instagram, you need to make sure you check her out. She's a contemporary abstract expressionist painter, so a whole bunch of fancy painter terms. And literally, she is legit. She's been featured in Ebony Magazine, HuffPost, Design Mom, The National, Minted, and so much more, basically in addition to being an amazing painting badass. She's also an educator, so she has a program that helps other fine artists learn how to master Instagram, and I think she's coming out with a slew of other material that you guys are going to want to get your hands on. Yes, so inside this episode, we take a really raw, behind-the-scenes look of how Amira went from starving artist to Instagram all-star. We're talking about everything about the real and raw emotions that people have and go through and connecting with people and creating community and then how that has evolved into teaching and helping others be both create beautiful and strategic feeds that allow them to succeed inside their own businesses. So this is definitely more raw than normal in like all the best ways. Not It's not necessarily like Kleenex box worthy, but I think you'll get the chills a couple times and really feel what we're talking about today. Today on the podcast, we have Amira Rahim. Welcome to the Welcome show, babe. to me. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Welcome, guys. Welcome to this beautiful intellect that's about to be dropped on your ears. That's so funny. Okay, so I I realize you may not do podcast interviews all the time because Amira is a fine artist turned... (laughs) She is a fine artist, let me tell you. Beautiful human, beautiful soul, beautiful creations that my eyeballs like just literally spit out hearts every time I see. Can you write my artist statement? Ridiculous. So, yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. 
So Amira does all this amazing stuff with paint and, you know, being that really abstract expressionist painter, right? But she's kind of turned it on its head a little bit and decided to dive into the world of teaching. And we are big fans. So not only does she teach on like how to do some fine artist skills, like literally before this call, we were talking about feeling color. Like, like how amazing yes. is that? Let teach me that, please. Um, I wear all black all the time. Please teach me how to feel color. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we've heard and we've heard great reviews from it that she actually taught an amazing Instagram course specifically geared towards other fine artists. So, well, And I want to butt in before you ask your question. Sorry. I'm like interrupting everything I know. So I was, uh, I'm not on Instagram that much anymore. Like literally the other day, Abby was like, did you see this thing on Instagram? And I said, I haven't opened that app in like three weeks because from growing our business on there, it's just one of those apps where I don't, I don't like perusing anymore, which is, but now I do literally thanks to your account. But my mom was in town and the revolt, the roles have reversed where she tells me like all the cool new things that are on Instagram that I should be looking at. And so she was scrolling her feed and she saw one of your downloadable prints that you offer your audience. And she was like, Oh my God, you need this for Penelope's nursery. Like it's beautiful and it would fit right in. And I saw it and I fell in love and I was like, who is this chick? So I like stalked your Instagram and saw that you teach an Instagram program for fine artists. And I was like, Oh my God, our community of fine artists, like don't listen to us when we tell them that they could be on Instagram and they could be making money. So let me share this resource. So I went to our group and I was like, guys, Amira, her program, her Instagram, like let your eyeballs love life for a second and go view it. And Molly, one of our ambassadors was like, yeah, Amir's in this group. Did you know that? And you're you're like, hey, it's me. Thank you for sharing my thing. So I just think it's super funny. Like everything just comes full circle. That's all I want to say. Well, (laughs) on that note, I just want to know a little bit about how you went from pure like painting in the studio to deciding that other people needed this knowledge about how to grow their business on social media. Yeah. Okay. So, um, well, I'm so excited to be here. I love the podcast and completely honored that you guys have me on it. So first shout out to you two for leading an amazing group and shout out to your amazing audience listening. Um, that is a very great question. I guess I should (laughs) probably back up and state that, um, before I decided to do my art full time, I tried a lot of different jobs and (laughs) hated life for a lot of it. Um, But what a lot of people may not know is that my first job out of college was a school teacher. (laughs) And um, I, it was a really challenging role. I love the instruction part, but um, I really underestimated how challenging it is to be a teacher. And I would just kind of come home every single night and need an hour on the bed to just like let my head decompress. And it was a lot, but, um, that just kind of, I guess like stuck with me a bit because I wanted to quit and people were kind of like, no, you're really good at it. I was like, you guys don't pay me enough for this. (laughs) I'm leaving. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, so I guess that kind of like, you know, it was just always in, in my background, but, um, (laughs) I'm also one of those people where, if I find something, I will literally tell other people like, hey, oh my God, did you know? You know, so like I have to share what I know. And um, I kind of see that now with other artists that have maybe taken courses or done trainings yes. with me. And 
they'll become like mini teachers in the group as well. And they're just kind of like, oh my gosh, guys, let me share these cool resources. And so I just think it's really awesome that we live in a time where if you're one of those people that just like instinctively love to share and like, I'm just one of those people, I'm like, if I could figure out how something works, then I have to kind of like show other people how I got it to work. And so I feel like you guys are probably the same way, you know, it's just like problem solving. That's, that's what our entire business is built right. on. Like, let me, let me learn this thing and either make it work or make it not yeah. work. Either way, I'm going to tell you. Exactly. About it. <laughs> exactly. And so for me, it was just really blogging. I think um, before I had a website, I had a blog and I would just blog and share my experiences. And, um, you know, it got to the point where a lot of, I ha- it was right around the time when Periscope came out and yeah, I, ju- I jumped on the Periscope. <laughs> I jumped on the Periscope wave. And um, uh-huh. oh, Periscope! Rest aside from feeling kind of like a circus clown that had to do a performance every single time I hit the, the live button, um, it kind of brought up a very real issue that I was having as a, a business owner. And that was, who am I talking to? So there was the one side of my business where I was selling my artwork and um, you know, meeting these amazing art collectors and just like that my business was growing mm-hmm. every single year just would be way better than I imagined um, from the previous year. Uh, but I didn't want to, I guess when I went on Periscope, all I would want to talk about were things related to sort of like behind the scenes. And so it was kind of like the same with my blog. And I remember asking myself, Um, And kind of asking my audience, too, in groups that I was in at the time, just sort of like, how do I talk to art collectors and talk to other artists, like my friends, my peeps, right? It's like, I didn't know um, how, if it was okay for me to do both. So that was sort of this dilemma that I had. And, um, You know, I didn't have a solution at that time, but I just was very aware of the fact that what was lighting me up was talking about the process and the journey and sharing resources and talking with other artists. And um, I've been in other groups that some artists have started. And I started to, I started to just like, I don't know, I started to find these undercurrents that were happening in the online community. And it's, it's very hard for me to say because I feel like, it's so new, but we are, for better or for worse, <laughs> this sort of like trend of like Instagram artists, right? And so the community is actually quite small. Um, at least I think so. Everyone sort of knows each other. Everyone's looking at each other's stuff. And it does get very like stuffy. Mm-hmm. And um, people quickly sort of become, um, I don't know how to say it, but like almost on pedestals. And I was like the new kid on the block and I was just sort of looking up to these amazing women, many of whom just sort of, um, they were doing it for a few years or some of them were moms and all that. And I was just sort of like looking at them like, oh my God, like they're perfect, you know, and just sort of like, but then when I would be in Facebook groups and kind of like once in a while stumbling upon a very real comment, I would see that, you know, they're having sort of like panic attacks on the studio floor or just like crying themselves you know, at night or just like stressing to the max every time they released a new collection and having these really very real, like, um, I felt like human, baby, human, um, experiences that no one was seeing. And it was just sort of like, um, almost like this, like 
deliberate exclusion from from their stories. And I, I felt like I felt like, well, well, you know, I'm having I'm having those moments, you know, like I'm scared as heck a lot. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's like check got that part. Um, but why aren't we? Why isn't there a space for us to sort of like be vulnerable as artists? And um, it's it's very hard because. <laughs> I'm trying to help Check. a community at the same time I belong in that community. And <laughs> I still feel as if I'm very much like at the beginning of yeah. my own journey. Yeah. And so it's very common for us in the art community to come from this place of scarcity, you know, the whole starving artist um, pass. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, that is the, that's the, I don't know how to say it. What is that word? Um, not like stereotype, but like, Mm -hmm. that's the status quo. And so we're trying to push that, but there's always this tendency of like, I can't get too real or I can't really show you guys what I'm doing because there's not enough out there for me. And, um, you know, if I help too much, there's, it's going to run out this magical pool of like goodness and love and abundance and all that is going to run out. Um, and so it was just, you know, a, a steady kind of churn. And we can talk about exactly the steps because there were some very, I guess, like pivotal turning points from me turning a blog. Yeah, yeah I, I, I was not expecting that, that, that this is where that was going to go. But I like where I've got chills and I like where it's going. Uh, I think that's a lot of reason why a lot of artists in in general push back on putting themselves out there on platforms like Instagram or Periscope or live of what is the veil and what do I lift? And even as, you know, we're fine art students as well, even though we're selling digital products that we're not creating with our hands, our, our, our brain is our art and our brain is what we're selling. And I think there's this fine line that we talk about, I feel like on the daily now of what do we open and what do we share to connect and be authentic? and be real and be ourselves. And what is too much? And and when do you cross that line? And, and especially when you're in an audience of people who are loving you and supporting you and buying your products and learning from you. And, and yeah. people who are also your peers. It is so weird. It's all very um, weird. I will say that one of the things that really helped me, I haven't finished this book, and I need to, as soon as we're done here, I need to go snuggle up in bed and finish it. But <laughs> I started reading last year, Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday. And um, I had mentioned this book on another podcast interview, but that book has helped so much simply because of, <clears throat> there was one quote that he mentioned um, from another expert. I can't remember the name, but he just kind of expressed this notion of three different levels. And no matter where you are in life, you will always have someone who's sort of like, below you that you can teach. There's someone who you kind of look towards who almost at the same level you are and they're your competitors and they kind of like light the fire on it. Can we curse? I don't know if we can curse. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. It's an explicit podcast. <laughs> Yay. Explicit. Okay. Yay. Explosives. <laughs> well, yeah, there's like your peers who will light the fire under your ass and they're the yeah. ones that are like pushing you to kind of get up in the morning. Well, not anymore, thankfully, but you know, yeah, right. there's almost like that healthy competition, you know? And then there are the people that are ahead of you. And those are your mentors um, or the people you aspire to. And it's like, 
no matter where you are in life, there will always be those three. So it's like, calm down, get your ego out of the way. And just, yeah, you know, I think we think that maybe those levels go away at some point, like literally, as you're spelling it out, I'm like, Oh, I think at one point, I thought that the people above me that there would never be not that there's never people above me. I wasn't I wasn't that out of my head where I was thinking I'm the smartest person. But you forget, like you feel like you're going to master where you are and then like you made it and you're done. Right. And that's just literally not how life they works. Keep, yeah, they keep being new people. Yeah. And I think the big struggle, at least for us, and maybe some of you can relate, is that sometimes you outpace the people that are your peers. Yeah. And it becomes this uncomfortable reality where the friends you made or the healthy competition you have, like they kind of fall to the wayside a little bit and you have to start over. Like your circles are changing, right? And it's a confusing place to be because you're like, well, who am I supposed to look up to now? Who should I be looking to as a mentor? Who should I be following? And, you know, it gets to be this weird, you know, balance of finding your friends and finding people that you truly need to be looking at. Yeah, totally. And I I have found, um, I've kind of been in the same place. And what has sort of helped me is just looking at other industries and just gaining inspiration from like, what other people are doing, because it's like, no matter what your niche is, if you're only paying attention to what your industry is doing, you're going to, you're going to fall short. Sorry to say, but you're going to fall behind. Um, And so I just try to encourage other artists to like, check out what these crazy like makeup bloggers are doing or check out what the YouTube, even rap stars. I mean, these celebrities and all these people on Instagram, they are Mm -hmm. posting I mean, I know they have so much time in their hands and they have all these resources, but they're posting on Instagram a lot. And it's like, we're not going to copy their content, but I got a really great idea for an Instagram post by following like one of these crazy housewives. <laughs> and I, had, I was, I was, it's like one of my guilty pleasures. And I just was watching Real Housewives. I can't remember. I think it was Atlanta or something. <laughs> Was it real house? No, I think it was like love and hip hop. Yes. Right but it was like love. It was like, it was like love and hip hop. My mom's always like, "Stop watching those shows." Melting your brain. But um, I was, I know exactly. I was watching love and hip hop one day, and um, there's this lady on there. I think her name is like Mimi something. Don't look up her Instagram because <laughs> I don't know if your audience will like that. But anyway, she had posted a a very just plain Instagram picture, and she asked a question, and I thought it was genius. I was like in my room that day and I remember saying like tomorrow I'm gonna mm-hmm. copy that I'm gonna mm-hmm. ask her a question and it worked it was like it, it was like one of the most engaged posts I got on Instagram and it's like I feel like if I can do that with 50,000 followers yeah. and I'm still hungry I'm still learning it's yeah. like everyone should be doing that everyone should should keep learning keep experimenting I don't want to be done you know I don't want to mm-hmm. kind of like now, granted, I'm not like sweating over Instagram like I was a year ago. I've, I've totally kind of relaxed, but um, there's still so much to learn. And, you know, the landscape is always changing. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah 100%. So out, outside of Instagram, mm-hmm. where and since Periscope is, you know, what it is now, where where do you hang out and where are you putting your attention? Yeah, um, you know, I guess for me. It has really been the Facebook group, the Passion Curl Joy group, and um, we can talk a little bit about how that came about. Yeah. But um, I was actually I had took an Instagram course 
I think it was two years ago, um, by a graphic designer. And um, I remember going through her course and it was like, it was a really great course. Like she talked about like flat lays and, um, (laughs) but it was kind of like geared towards overall branding and things like that. Um, And so, but one of the things that helped was there was an aspect of her course where she asked us to come up with a hashtag for our account. And I was like, oh, okay. So I went through like a little exercise and I was like, oh, I can't come up with a hashtag. (laughs) Yeah. And I I had no intention on ever like doing anything with it. But I was like, "Um, I can describe my account in these three words. And I was like, passion, color, joy. And passion is a very, you know, like, I don't know, that word holds a lot of weight because passion can get you in trouble. (laughs) Um, you know, it's like, but it's one of those things where I feel, I feel like my work is very passionate and I feel like I'm a very passionate person. I've always been one of those people where if I'm sitting in class and if I'm thinking something, I'm going to raise my hand and and say it. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm very opinionated and I don't really mince my words and then color because obviously, um, you know, that's sort of like the hallmark of what I'm doing with my art right now. And then the joy aspect, because, um, you know, a lot, a lot of people may not know this, but I really was struggling with some um, pretty depressive uh, events in my life at the time when I sort of started painting full time again. And um, what really propelled me to, for better or for worse, I guess, obsess over my art because it was like, that was the one thing where I was like, okay, this is something I could control. It lights me up. Let me just like put all my energy into that. And then three years later, it became a full-time business, but really it was sort of like an outlet. It was a form of therapy for me. And, um, you know, real therapy is also great and necessary. <laughs> not, I'm not trying to, yeah, yeah I'm not trying to say go like, see painting is going to cure you because, um, <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, exactly. But um, you know, I said joy because happiness is something that is like I, I don't know. I mean, we can talk about all that, and there's people that can say more eloquently than I can. But happiness is fleeting, you know, and it comes and goes. But you really have to work at it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like joy is probably a more accurate word for. Um, but anyway, those three words kind of came together in this little snazzy hashtag, and I just started using the hashtag. And then I told other people, hey, uh, why don't you guys start using the hashtag? Um, and that happened like a couple weeks later. And then <laughs> it kind of caught on. And then I was like, hmm, well, maybe I should make a separate Instagram account for that. And um, that Instagram account grew and then it became a Facebook group. And um, I think we just had like a couple hundred people last nice. September. Um, now there's over 2,000 artists in the group. Yeah, and it's it's still growing, um, but that's sort of where I spent a lot of my energy, and um, it's great because it's like I finally feel like I have a place now, like I have a place where I can talk. Um, (laughs) Maybe people get tired of me talking in there, (laughs) but um, it's nice because there's (laughs) way more people talking in the group than I am, and so the group just kind of supports Mm -hmm. itself. Everyone's very supportive, and... um, Well, and I think it's stuff like that that I want our listeners to begin to ask ourselves, ask themselves and and start to explore. Because I feel like, especially as physical product makers, um, Mm -hmm. I think our go-to 
response of filling the void is I need to create more product and I need to put different stuff out there and I need to reach more people and I just need to sell more and I need to have a different collection. I need to, you know, make a coffee table book of the prints of my images and all, you know, all of these things. I need to slap them on pillows and slap them on totes. And in reality, what you're might be craving is support and community and mentorship and giving back to something yeah, and something else where you can feel safe and create a space. It might not be creating more things. Exactly. It's just a different thing. And so I love that you explored that and you, you, you know, saw where that took you. And I think it's, it's going to continue to take you amazing places. Yeah. It, it takes a lot of, um, you know, kind of like deep diving. And I will say that earlier this year, for instance, I went on uh, a retreat for um, women entrepreneurs. And it was a very small, just like six of us. And it's hosted by a friend of mine in Mexico. And um, part of sort of like the the mastermind session that we were having, she was kind of getting us to set our goals for the year. And I had these lofty goals, of course, because mm-hmm. um, it's just like, have you met it's me? Like, it's like in my <laughs> DNA. I don't know. <laughs> overachieving expectations, but we'll, we'll talk about that another time. <laughs> Welcome to the club. <laughs> yeah. And it was so funny because like, I initially thought like, you know, maybe I need to have these huge art retreats and these like fancy places and be amazing. Yeah. And just like do these awesome things um, and charge money and do all, you know, and I was like, this is going to be a whole nother. But after talking with her, I kind of realized I was like, you know, I really just want a place where I could paint with other artists even if I didn't make any money doing it, and especially if I wasn't hosting it, um, if I could just do that maybe once or twice a year, I would be good. And so I think, you know, it's one of those like kind of going off of what you were saying, I didn't need another product offering. I didn't need a new sort of like um, business. I just needed to tap into what was missing. And I think for me, what was missing was like that in-person connection. Um, and so it's just like little things like that, you know, and If you can find a way to monetize it, that's great. But I feel like sometimes the best things happen when you're responding to what you need. And then you're kind of like, wait, if I need this, maybe someone else needs this too. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. So going back to the course itself, what kind of inspired you? Like you started, like you took someone else's course, you started your own community, you built this hashtag out and you had, you know, people surrounding you and supporting you in that personal connection. But what inspired you to take it and turn around and teach it as like a business advice type course? Yeah, so that happened very like, very accidentally, you could say, because mm-hmm. um, I I had the I was toying with the idea of teaching art for a while, and I I resisted it for a long time, um, and I think it's it's a whole a whole different gamut um, of sort of like opening yourself up and being vulnerable, but um, essentially what happened for me last year, I. I've been on Instagram for about three years and I took that course. Um, I think it was about two years ago and I learned a lot, put some things into practice and kind of just like forgot about it. And then um, the following year, it was that April. I took a workshop with um, Justina Blakeney and I don't know if you guys follow her from the jungle. And the whole workshop was on social media and just like putting yourself out there. And I remember coming back from Italy and I had just reached 10,000 followers. And I was like, I was like, my work here is done. Uh-huh. <laughs> I could focus uh-huh. on painting and like, forget it. Cause you know, like, like you said, like checking Instagram, it, it is very overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so I just kind of felt like I'm done, right? And then something crazy happened. So a few things, the algorithm changed. So Instagram, Instagram instituted this. Yeah, damn. Whole new, yeah, they instituted this whole algorithm thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also expanded their video allotment. So they went from making like 15-second videos to allowing up to 60-second videos. And I remember just like at home, I just moved back to New Jersey, and I was at my mom's house painting on the, the living room floor. And my sister was there, and we were. I was kind of like, hey, like, let's make a video of me painting. And I was just painting on the floor in my pajamas, and I posted the video, and it did really well. Then I was like, that's interesting. Like, you know, like this video thing is really, really cool. Um, oh, video. Yeah. I wonder what, what that's going to lead. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and so I had posted another video, I think like a week later. And within 24 hours, it got 100,000 views and it got, I got 3,000 new followers. And holy <laughs> yeah, moly. In one day. And so my account grew from, 10,000 followers to 30,000 followers in three months. Shut and, up. Yeah. And by this point, I was sort of, tra- <laughs> by this point, I was sort of, <laughs> by this point, I was sort of like tracking Instagram. So like that entire yeah. last summer, I got back from Italy and um, I start, I was like, I don't know, I don't know how to explain it, but like all of a sudden I got it. Like I got why my quote unquote, like, Peers or even like the people above me, I got why they were putting so much into Instagram. And so I started posting better photos. I started using hashtags um, in, a, in a very deliberate way. And then I started checking the results for those hashtags. So I started checking to see if my um, posts would get in the top posts. And I did that religiously for like, like at least like 10 to 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. And um like every day it was like, I was like trying to get to the top post and just being very conscious of that. So it was a very conscious choice to kind of grow my Instagram. And then, um, uh, around that same time, I remember getting like a lot of questions from people and this happens anytime I think for any like online business person, but you get people that ask you like, Hey, can you help me with this? Or like, mm-hmm. I want to do what you do. Show me how you do it step-by-step over yeah. email. And I was just yeah. kind of like, yeah, yeah. I was just kind of, break. yeah, or it would be like, it would be kind of like their life story. And then it would be like, mm-hmm. can I, can you help me? Yep. Like, oh, just like, oh yeah. Get them so, on the daily. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I had, I had felt like, I don't want to do that. So the only way I'm going to like stop people from doing, from like, like co- contacting me is if I charge a ridiculous amount of money and then just tell yep. them. If you want to go like talk to, I, I was basically like, at the time, I felt like it was the meanest thing I could have done. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Just, like, uh-huh. I've done that before. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, and like now I'm looking back at it. it was just, if you want to talk to me, it's like 10 grand. <laughs> yeah. And like yeah. looking, looking back at it now, it's just, I was setting a boundary and it's like, yeah. I really struggled yeah. with that and I, I still yeah. struggle with it, but I was setting a boundary. It was like, my boundary is that I'm not going to pour into yep. every and anybody. Um, just, just because I'm a, you know, great human being. I'm not that great. So <laughs> it's like, I'm not that great. I put a listing on my Squarespace site and I think it was mm-hmm. like, um, maybe like a couple hundred dollars. And I just said, like, people would send me emails and I say like, oh, here's a consultation. Oh, yeah. Like you can talk to me and people started talking to me. 
Um, and what happened was during those consultations, um, we would spend kind of like a half hour talking about their business and things like that. Um, and then the last half hour, I would just sort of like tell them everything they needed to know about Instagram, why they need mm-hmm. to jump on the bandwagon now and just like explain how to kind of like grow their account. Yeah. Um, and so I kept doing this and doing this and I realized like, you know, I could really talk about Instagram for an hour over an hour. Um, And by that point, I had the Passion Color Joy group. And um, it was around October. And I was sort of like, thinking like, okay, I could teach or, I don't know, just trying to figure out what next for me. And um, I remember, at that time, I was sort of like, I don't know if you guys ever talk about this idea of like unfollowing your heroes. Yeah. And so yeah. it was so crazy because like <laughs> there was this cra- <laughs> you guys won't know how gangsta it could get in the Instagram <laughs> in the Instagram artist world, but like there were some real gangsta things that was going down and I was just like, this is crazy. Like basically we wanted to start <laughs> I don't even it feels so like, I don't know, gossipy to talk about this. But um we wanted to start a pop-up shop and sure. um, there was like these artist collectives that were coming up, popping up on Instagram. And um, it's very similar to the idea of like a gallery co-op, which has been around for hundreds of years. But for some yeah. reason it was sort of like some people felt they had ownership over the idea and I could understand it. Um, but it was like, it became very clear to me that there were like clicks on, mm-hmm. on, on social mm-hmm. media surprising (laughs) it's like high school but on social yeah there were like these clicks and um I got really kind of like put off by that and um I had already sort of like unfollowed some people and I I, it made me realize that like a lot of the people I was looking up to um it's like Almost this idea of like, well, how, like, should you really be looking up to them if they're right. so afraid that mm-hmm. one little thing could just like mm-hmm. tank their mm-hmm. whole operation? Mm-hmm. And I just kind of felt like, you know, I need to like tear down this facade. You guys are going to watch the whole thing. Uh, I don't know what's happening in 12 months. You know, there's a lot of crap going on. Like, I'm not perfect, but I'm willing to share what I got. I'm willing yeah. to share what I have with you. And, um, it became very clear to me that I've been waiting for these like leaders to validate me and almost give like pass the baton and say like, Amira, you can teach a workshop now. Like you've, you've put enough skin in the game and like mm-hmm. you've paid your dues. And, um, I, I had always come from this place and this could just be a personality thing, but like I was, well, and it's such an artist thing too. Yeah. And I was just very, I was raised very much, you know, like so many women are, you know, we're raised to just kind of play small and like, don't shoot your own horn. And, you know, and it was like, it had manifested in this way of me hearing all these people tell me like these amazing things about myself. And then I would just like, not it wouldn't register. I would just be like, no, like not yet. Like you can tell me that exact same thing five years from now Mm -hmm. and then I'll be ready for it. But Mm -hmm. I was just like, I'm not a great artist. I'm not a great leader. I'm not a teacher. I'm not inspiring. Who's inspiring? What? Like, no, I'm not inspiring, you know? Um, But as soon as I started um, following these people and kind of like stop, I just stopped paying attention to it. Really. Mm -hmm. I just, I stopped looking at what people were doing. 
Um, and that had transpired for about six months and it was like one of the best things I did. And, um, I remember going back to the girl who taught the Instagram course two years uh, ago and my numbers were like, I think more than like double than, than hers. And I, that's the only reason why I didn't want to like mention her name or anything. Cause it's not to throw shade or like be sure. you know, like, but it was like a mirror, like. She taught an Instagram course with half the amount of followers you have. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was just one of those things of like, what are you waiting for? This is something that you're passionate about. Um, it doesn't require you to like tell your secrets of how you make your paintings, like how, do you, how you make your living. Right. But it's a tool. It's a tool that artists can use. And I felt that, you know, I, I had taken different courses and all that. Um but Instagram was one of those things where I noticed like there was there wasn't anyone really teaching it specifically for artists. And I don't know about you guys, but I don't know how many artists you see on Instagram. There there are a ton, but there's like I don't know, there's like there's like two extremes on Instagram. There was no gray area. There were like artists on Instagram who had an amazing following and like mm-hmm. these perfectly curated feeds and just like shiny white backgrounds and everything was gorgeous. And then there would be like artists that look like they took the photo with their elbows or something yep, and it was like yep. super dark and they would I post still feel that. Yes. Yes. they would post like once a month and then like yeah. you love their work but it's like gosh in between their like work their tv's on in the background yeah, and it's, no, it's like, like, <laughs> like their their husbands and their dog yes. and their, their, yes. it's like and i would just see the most insane things from artists that I really is respected. Like I really respected their work. And then I would go yeah. to their Instagram feeds and I'm like, what, what the is hell? This? <laughs> like, what are you, like, why are you doing this? Do you not realize that Instagram <laughs> at this point for me, Instagram is my resume. When I yeah. Yeah. To, like promote myself or send someone to something, go you know, there. I got like my first licensing deal from Instagram. Awesome. So many great things have happened to me because of how I present myself online. And so it was just sort of a no brainer. And at that point, you know, after seeing my numbers skyrocket after the algorithm and um, sort of realizing that, you know, this algorithm didn't kill it for the small mm-hmm. people that you can still grow. I just decided to do um, a live training and that I live training, it. I did two live trainings and they were sort of like my beta students. I just wanted to kind of like hold their hand and make sure that what I was teaching them made sense and that it worked. And then I decided that I was going to turn it into a course. And um, yeah, it's just been like, it's been quite a ride. It took me, I knew I wanted to make the course in uh, December of last year, and it took until August 1st to launch it. So it just goes to show, um, well, for me, I guess I had a lot of things going on. I was traveling quite a bit. So um, it took some time. But um yeah, it was it was very, very I'm I'm so glad that I did it. Yeah. Well and I I love hearing that story because so many people, ourselves included, have damn near written Instagram off, especially from the algorithm and especially like whatever changes are happening, especially in the last month or so. Like right. I don't know what is going on over there. I know. Um but then also like knowing especially in our industry where we can see a lot of course creators and the stuff they're putting out there and I'm like Oh my God, one more Instagram course. But I love, like, I love it. Like, it's so mm-hmm. niche and it's so different. Clearly, it's working. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I, I want to use that to show people or let people hear uh, who are listening. Like, it doesn't matter if there's already stuff out there that's kind of working. Like, it doesn't matter if the platform or strategy or whatever sucks for someone else. Like, yeah. learn it, make it work for you. And it's, it's okay. 
Yeah. Well, also giving people permission to be multifaceted. Like, I think it's so easy to feel like you have to live in a box when you're creative and like only speak to one audience and only serve a certain type of person. And I think you've really shown that, you know, I speak directly to other artists on Instagram and yet it's so it's where's your voice go? I don't know. <laughs> it left. Hold on a second. <laughs> Launch uh recovery struggles, guys. <laughs> okay. So it's it's so interesting that you can speak directly to those other artists and yet that still sells your work to other people. Mm-hmm. Like they will see your Instagram and say, I want to be a part of this yeah. and buy something. And yet you continue to just tell, tell your story, which, you know, transcends like all these different facets. And I love that, like how human you are about it. I think so many people are afraid to say, I'm having a bad day or I don't feel well or I don't know what to do next or I'm confused about life and they just feel like they have to live in this bubble. Confused about life, check. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And what so, is happening? Uh-uh. And like so many of us live in that place mm-hmm. and yet we make our perception online as we have it all together mm-hmm. and things are perfect. And everyone needs to be just like me. And <laughs> oh like, <my> gosh. <laughs> how crappy is that? Like, yeah. the moment, and I can, I can speak for Emily and I, like, the moment we stopped per- making ourselves be this shiny object that people wanted to get to, and we started being more human, and we started saying that we have flaws too, and we made mistakes, and they're hard and they suck and we have really bad days and really good days, like things exploded for us. And so I think people want to be near people. They don't want to be next to this perfection because it just makes them feel shitty about their lives. And, you know, giving them that real side of things, like looking at your feed, like it's beautiful, but it's raw. And I think having that mix is really important. Like, of course, people go to Instagram to see beautiful things. Mm -hmm. Like, you have to still present yourself in a way that shows that beauty, but you can do it in a way that's – I hate the word authentic. Like, I'm over it. But, (laughs) I mean, that's ultimately what I'm trying to say is, like, it feels like I met Amira on Instagram. Instead of, I met someone she's trying to be. Or the brand, even. Like, there's a person behind the brand. Like, I think so many people, yeah, talk about building up the brand and what does that mean and what does that feel like? And, like, I'm all about it. Like, yes, you need a brand and the voice and the feel and whatever, but where are you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so important. I feel like, you know, a lot of what I talk about in the course is just being seen, like, Mm -hmm. deliberately and consciously showing up and taking the steps to show who you are. It's like, it's amazing when you go to people's Instagram feeds, especially artists, um, whether they you go to their Instagram galleries or their websites, and you cannot find a picture of what they look like. It's like, oh, yeah. who is oh, yeah. this person? And so yeah. 
I just think, you know, like the more willing you are to be vulnerable and to be um, yeah. visible, I feel like is so huge. And um, it's funny because, you know, you talk about this idea of like perfection and all that. And I actually got really paralyzed um, a couple of months ago because I it was like a really dark place for me. Um, just a couple of things were going on with social media and my business was doing fine, but I was, I was depressed. And it's like, you know, where, where you can have that, those moments where everything, you just see everything through a negative lens. And so I remember having this feeling of like, I'm too successful. No one, no one's going to buy my work because they liked me when I was struggling. Like I was, Uh Drake's album Uh had came out and he's like, he says some line about like, you know, they love to see you come up, but they don't want to see you when you made it. And it was like, I was like, that's right. Drake. You're I was like, I was trying to like, get your life. <laughs> I was just like, like, I remember feeling like, oh my God, yeah. you know, what if I'm not a starving artist anymore? And I feel like yeah. so much of my journey and what people resonated with for the past few years was, hey guys, buy my work. Hey guys, like I need to support myself. Hey, hey. Yeah. Like, and I was so thankful and so grateful and now it's like I've designed my business in a way where no one sale is gonna like make or break my existence and I'm 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 comfortable and it's kind of hard to like adjust marketing in that way. And I re- I remember doing something on Facebook which in hindsight was kind of stupid. Um, but <laughs> I learned my lesson. Um <laughs> but I remember just sort of like trying to open up again and um I don't know, like almost show people that, hey, I still don't have it all figured out. Mm-hmm. And I may or may not have lost a commission from that, which kind of prompted me to do some other things on the internet. But um, but yeah, it just was like, even this idea of perfection, um, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes when you when you've quote unquote made it, it can be very frightening because it's like, what do I do now that everyone's watching me and everyone's yeah. expecting me to succeed? And yeah. let's face it, nothing is guaranteed. Nothing, you know, mm-hmm. you could be the biggest designer in the world. You could be, you could be Kanye West and release, uh, you know, those shirts with a, a ridiculous oh, amount of holes, in it, you know, and it flops. So it's like, um, I just had to get, you know, going back someone to someone could have helped him down that. Yeah, someone just could have let him know. Listen. Yeah, but I could, I just had to like. I don't know, just like, even just recently, um, this week, I think it was like Monday or Tuesday, I just sort of reminded myself, I was like, Amira, you need to go on Instagram and show up like no one knows who you are. You need to show your face. You need to stop. Like, I don't know, because I just, I've just gotten very comfortable. I'm just like, hey, this is a shot from my studio. Like, hey, I'm living life, you know, (laughs) but I'm like, no, like I I need to show up and just show my face again. And just like, so I did a very kind of boring Instagram story yesterday. And I just was showing people my vegan sausage. Well, that sounds bad, but I'm just just showing people my, my breakfast, you know? And I was just like, this is something I'm so sorry, Emily. (laughs) I was like, this is something that I would have shown three years ago. I would have, you know, I feel like when you're trying to be famous, you're just showing any and everything and seeing what sticks. You're like, this is what I'm wearing. This is what I ate today. And I don't do that anymore. It's all about the work, but I'm like, I just had to remind myself that, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I got here because of, um, 
And I don't even know what here is because I hope I haven't arrived. Uh, like, no, what I, does that I, even mean? Yeah, it's yeah. like I don't want to be like done, you know. So, uh-uh. but it's it's just yeah, I don't know. Well, I want to give you some permission because what you did and what you, you said you made a mistake. I disagree. Like losing a commission and being yourself is more important. Like I. It may have sucked at the time, mm-hmm. but, you know, letting yourself out and really just being you is more important. Yeah. I mean, it's hard because basically, I don't know how this happened, but everyone on my Facebook, um, like the page that I had, everyone there essentially are artists that I've never met and they're like probably in their 50s and 60s and up. And I don't really know how my Facebook became like, but it it was a weird space because I, I, after that post, I realized I I got a little freaked out and I was like, I don't know who's actually my Facebook friend anymore. And I just Uh made like a separate, um, like personal one where I just post a bunch of selfies and like, yeah, what music I'm listening to. Like it's completely nonsense, you know? And it's like, I realized that I needed that, um, space and I, I've had other artist friends kind of do the same thing because it's like mm-hmm. I, I don't want to be stuck in this persona you know so yeah. I needed that I needed that boundary I love it well let's head into talk strategy to me and I would love for you to share three to five takeaways that people can implement this month in their Instagram account to start to create a better plan of action, to start showing up for their people, to start to build that visibility when it feels like everyone's sucking at it right now. Yeah, it's really challenging. I'm not going to lie, guys. If you're listening and you're struggling with your Instagram accounts, I completely get it. Engagement has been down and um, Instagram was hacked a couple of weeks ago. So after that experience or hack or whatever, they sort of froze a whole bunch of accounts and they're slowly like sifting through the accounts and mm-hmm. kind of crossing them through the pearly gates of popularity. <laughs> but um <laughs> yeah, but uh there what I would like to share, you know, any tips that I may have is really just the same things that I've been sort of doing this past year and I I just stick to that. I don't have these like I don't know, I, I don't have really fancy hacks or anything like that. It's just simple. But um just try and post three to five times per day. I think that's something that's, if you can do that consistently, that is going to set you um, above the pack. Because what happens is I notice a lot of people on Instagram, they tend to go through like a posting spree and they'll catch mm-hmm. up and they'll share like everything that they missed in the last week or so. And then you won't hear from them for like a week mm-hmm. or two. Um, and that kind of confuses your audience and it also floods people's feeds. So it's good to just sort of, spread out your posts throughout the day and also try and post it every single day, post something every day. And that means it's a lot of content that you need to be coming up with. So um, I can speak to artists, but if you're doing anything visual, I always say to just bulk your um, yes. photos and just like take as many photos of, as you can and um, repurpose those photos, you know, reshare them. One of the pivotal things that helped me with my Instagram is I stopped looking at it like a blog and feeling like I was lying if I wasn't doing that in that exact moment. Mm-hmm. So um, I can repost or, or share a photo that I took a month or two ago um, or even a year ago. 
And if it looks good on my feed, I'm going to share it. My audience, when they go to my feed, they think that I'm in my studio all day long and all I do is paint. And at this point in my life, painting is almost like a luxury. I'm not painting nearly as much as I was three years ago. Um, but the content that I share is, is very tailored. It's not, I don't want to say curated because, um, it's not a lot of professional photos. I take most of the pictures with my iPhone, but, um, it is, it is tailored towards, um, towards that. So posting three to five times a day, taking a lot of different photos and Mm -hmm. try and use the captions. Like, I don't know. You, we, we're not Beyonce. We cannot just post one photo and with not have any caption. Yeah, and not like share anything. So I like to use the captions as a way to make people comment and try to like get a response from people. Mm-hmm. And it's just really simple. Like, what are you up to? Or what are you guys doing this weekend? Um, one of the things that I had kind of stole from that housewife, the real housewife, she's doing something right because mm-hmm. she asked her audience, why do you follow me? <laughs> oh, And I thought like the second I saw that, I was like, gosh, that's genius. It was one question and it worked. And uh-huh. I posted that exact same question. I had a really nice photo. Um, I think something I had taken, I had a photographer take of me a couple years back. I shared the picture. I asked the question, why, why are you following me? And I think I got like 300 comments that day. Wow. And I did the same thing earlier this week because, you know, engagement was down. And I was just very honest with people. I was like, hey guys, you know, Instagram's acting funny. You may or may not have been seeing my posts these past couple of weeks. So if you can see this post, let me know. And um, also let me know why you're here and where you're tuning in from. That way it feels like you're having a conversation. Yeah. And I feel like the best social media accounts are ones in which your audience feels like a part of the experience. It's mm-hmm. not just more of like, I don't know, you're posting and then you're running away. So yeah. Yeah. I love it. Well, thank you so much. Uh, why don't you tell people listening where they can hang out with you online? Yeah, um, the best way to hang out with me, I will say Instagram, but I am super engaged in Facebook and the Passion Color Joy Facebook group. Um, and then after that would probably be my Instagram, Adamir Rahim Art. But yeah, I hope to see you guys online. Yeah, if you guys want heart emojis spitting out your eyeballs, you need to go follow her on Instagram right now, okay? <laughs> and my website is just my name. It's www.amirrahim.com. Awesome. We'll post all of the awesome. links in the show notes so you guys know where to head. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. This was so fun. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor. To get podcast updates and all the behind the scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free.
Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.